Well, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 through 13, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life, and that you might believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know, that you might be conscious of, that you may know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you have this Zoe God kind, God quality, God quantity of life. It is yours. And now this may not be very good English, but how many of you know you got it? I said, how many of you know you got it? Well, once you know you got it, it's very important for you to know what you got. You know, recently it was Father's Day and John and Lindy sent me a little present from Southern California and it was beautifully packaged and I knew I had it, but I didn't know what I got. So what did I have to do? I had to open up the package and receive that precious gift that they gave to me. Well, likewise, eternal life is a gift. It's a free gift. And what we need to do is open our Bible and look into the perfect law of liberty and discover what we've got. And it's vital that we do that, not just on Sunday, but that we do that every day of our lives. Amen? Now, you can be thoroughly saved on your way to heaven and shouting the victory, yet not know the reality of this eternal God kind of life that's on the inside of you. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, we could say it this way, where there is no understanding or revelation of our redemptive rights, as a result of that, we are perishing. In Hebrews, our Hosea 4, 6, he says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so as a result of people not having understanding of their redemption, what has been wrought, what has been bought and paid for us, oftentimes people's lives get out of control. But aren't you glad that God gave you His Word so that we could take time to find out what's in it and then we can walk in the light of it? I got a text from Pastor Hagen last night. I get a text every week. He sends out texts to a lot of the minister friends. And he said this in his text. He said, one of my dad's sayings was this, the reverence we have toward the Bible, the book of life could mean the difference in our life between life and death. It's so vital. It is our necessary food. We are not to live by hot dogs and hamburgers alone. But we are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are to esteem this word more than our necessary food. Why? Because faith will come by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of God that we have heard and hearing by the word of God that we continuously hear. So this eternal life, this Zoe life, it is the absolute crowning achievement of redemption. It is the number one reason for Jesus coming. He said in John 10, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank God for this abundant God kind of life. This life that we enjoy. This life that you and I can live. It enables us to live above this world system. When you get on the Word and get in the Word, the Word elevates you above the system of this world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now in John chapter 5 and verse 24, He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word, that's what we're doing now, and believeth on him that sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. Thank God. If you're born of God, there's no reason why you should walk around with your head down. There's no reason why you should look back. We're not to look back and be condemned. We're to look up because our redemption is drawing near. Amen. Glory to God. We are not coming into condemnation because we have passed from death unto life. One writer said it like this. He has left death country and entered into life country. I like that. We just got out of the country. I forgot that Oklahoma was so country. But that's not the country we're talking about. No, thank God you've left the power of darkness. You left the death country. Now you're over into life country. Where you and I can live. Where you and I can breathe in of the atmosphere of heaven. Where you and I can live in fullness every day. Giving life away. Hallelujah. And so we are the master's handiwork. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship. We are made by the master himself. And we are designed for mastery. In this new country, in this life country where you and I live, it is a country where the enemy no longer has any dominion over us. Woo, glory to God. For sin, for sickness, for depression, for oppression shall no longer have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but you are living under the spout where the glory comes out. You are living under the grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now in Rome, uh, John uh, verse 25, it says this. For verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Shall live. Now how many of you remember when you came alive? When He took you from death country to life country? I'm talking about when you were raised. 
And you were made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, not just a little bit above all principality and power, but far above all principality and power and every might and every name that is named. Glory to God. You've come alive. And it's good for us to act like we're alive. Not all drab. Not all depressed. Not all bummed out. Thank God we are alive. Say with me, I'm alive. I'm alive with Christ. I've been quickened with Christ. He quickened us. He made us alive. The word quickened is a derivative from the word zoe or life. It's also found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. In Romans 8, 11, let's read it together. Ready? Read. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies... And so, the life of God requires activation. And activation of the life of God can happen through declarations, or declaring, or confessing. Something like this. I've got the life of God in me. I've got His life. I've got His nature. I've got His ability. His life is quickening me today. The very life of God is causing every cell of my body, every fiber of my being, every organ and every tissue of my whole body, the life of God is working in there. It's quickening me. It's healing me. It's making me strong. It's making me quick. It's making me bright. It's making me alert. Shout with me, I got the life of God in me. See, we're looking in to the perfect law of liberty and we're finding out some things about what this life will do in our lives. Amen. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. Now notice with me in Romans, the eighth chapter. And I want you to notice over here in verse two, Romans eight, two. It says there, For the law of the spirit of death. No, thank God. It's not the law of the spirit of death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now notice that phrase, in Christ Jesus. That's where you are. You are in Christ Jesus. And because you are in Christ Jesus... There is a law that is activated in our lives that freed us and keeps us free from the lower law of sin and death. Oh, do you love it? Now, in the natural realm, we have the law of gravity. The law of gravity keeps us grounded, right? But when you get on a jet... Or when you take off from SFO or Oakland or San Jose, that jet has another law 
that supersedes the law of gravity. It is called the law of lift. Now, it just doesn't do away with gravity. It supersedes it. Now, we don't deny the fact that the law of sin and death is not here. It is still here. But this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus lifts us regardless of what's going on in the law of sin and death. That's part of your quickening. So it really doesn't matter that much what's going on down here because you and I are going to have a lift off anyhow. I said, you and I are going to have a lift off anyhow. That doesn't mean that we live in denial. Sure, I know that this is going on. Sure, we know that that's going on. Sure, we know what this person says and that person says. We don't deny that. But we also know that there's a greater one who lives on the inside of us. I tell you right now, I'm about ready to crank up. Get my motors running right now. Praise God. You and I have been designed to fly. Designed to fly. Glory to God. What do you say we go into lift mode right now? Come on, lift your hands up. Let the winds of the Spirit take you. Come on, folks. Lift up your voice. Mm, magnify Him. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. We took off during praise and worship. You know what we're doing right now? We're just soaring with eagles. We're soaring. We're living above. We're the head and not the tail. So make sure you crank your motor up Monday morning. When you don't feel like, stir yourself up. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Speak the word of the living God. Lift up your voice in your living room. Lift up your voice in your automobile. Somebody says, well, I, I'm not a singer. Well, everyone's called to sing. Not everyone's called to record. Right? I mean, that's true. I'm not called to record. I'm called to preach. Pastor Tom may be called to record. Pastor Kimberly may be called to record. But hey, it doesn't matter with God. Because by the time your voice is lifted up to heaven, it sounds really good. God is well pleased when His people offer unto Him the sacrifice of praise. Continually. That is the fruit of our lips, the fruit of your lips, in your car, in your living room, in your shower. The fruit of your lips giving thanks to His name. You and I have been created for one purpose and one purpose alone. The people who are looking for their identification, if you look into the Word of God, you'll find out who you are. We have not been created to please ourselves. 
We've not been created to live only for ourselves, but for thy pleasure. They are and were created. What's needed in the body of Christ is a revelation of our creation. New creations are called to please God. Every morning, we ought to rise up and say, what is it, Lord, that would please you today? And we're going to do a study on that real soon. But one of the highest things and one of the best things you can do at the top of the morning and at noontime and at night is lift up your praise to God. Lift up your praise to God. It pleases Him. Hallelujah. So you and I, we might live in a temporary world, but we have tapped into eternity because of the life of God on the inside. John said this, For as the Father has life in Himself, so has He given the Son to have life in Himself. That life that He came to give us abundantly is in you today. Now what happens when this life comes into a spirit or into a heart of a, of a person? Well, one thing that happens is what 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says. Look at over there in 1 John 4, 5, 4. It says, whatsoever, we could say it this way, whosoever is born of God. Now, when you're born of God, that means you have the life of God. So, whosoever is born of God has the life of God. And because we have the life of God on the inside of us, it positions us and qualifies us to come over what might be trying to overcome us. For whatsoever is born of God over... Come on. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For the born-again believer enables them to overcome what's attempting to overcome us. And this is the victory. This is the victory that overcometh the world, that overcometh the flesh, that overcometh the devil. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Have faith in the life of God in you. It will cause you to overcome the world. Now, what about those times when there's a fight? Like every day. <laughs> Anybody ever been in a fight in your soul? Any of you ever wondered, why, Lord, why? There's a fight. But it's a good fight. 
Like someone said years ago, a good fight is a fight that you win. This good fight has been fixed over 2,000 years ago. Now notice in 1 Timothy 6.12, it says this, Fight. It's not a bad fight. It's a good, oh, there's a fight all right. But you and I have been given the resources and the tools to fight this good fight of faith. Now notice this, this next phrase, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on the eternal life that is in you. Hold fast then to the profession of your faith. When you take your faith and you fight the good fight of faith and you laid hold on it as a way of life, you will overcome anything that comes your way. Say with me, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. And don't get discouraged and don't be bummed out and don't think that you don't have faith just because you're going through a test. All of us face tests. All of us face the crisis of life. And I think oftentimes, when people get in that fight and are going through that test, the enemy begins to lie to them and tell them, you don't have faith. If you were such a great person of confidence and trust, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. And not only wouldn't you be going through what you're going through, but you would have already seen the manifestation yet. Does that sound familiar? But notice with me, this faith that he's given you to fight with can fight off those suggestions of the enemy. You are not a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God just because this is going on in your life. God loves you. God is for you. He's on your side. And He's working on your case. He's working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So don't lift up your hands and say, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Rather, lift up your hands and shout, thank God the victory is mine. In Jesus' name. You see, faith is acting on what you believe. Faith requires action in the midst of a test. Faith requires you and I to enter in to the rest of God and let go and let God do what He wants to do in our lives. I hope that ministers to you today. You are blessed of the Lord. Now, what will this life do for us? It'll charge your spirit with the life of heaven. You know, in Revelation 22, the Bible talks about there's a river of pure water of life that proceeds from the throne of God and from the Lamb of God. That life flows continuously from heaven. Notice with me in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. It says, In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and think. 
I think sometimes in the body of Christ we've got too much thinking and not enough drinking. No, let him come unto me and drink. There's no substitute for coming to Jesus and drinking in of him. It is the source of abundant life. Notice with me in 30, verse 39, I believe it is. No, verse 38. Let's go back to verse 38. Let's read this together. He that believes on me. Do you believe on him? As the scripture has said, out of his belly. Let's read that last part together again. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now let's say it like this. Out of my belly is flowing rivers. There's healing in those rivers. There's encouragement in those rivers. Out of my belly. Say it with me. Out of my belly is flowing rivers of living water. I'm expecting that every day. I'm expecting a river to flow out of me. Sometimes it's God setting you up with divine appointments with people you've never met before. You don't know who may be sitting next to you. You don't know what kind of things that people are going through. Remember this, that you are an ambassador and you are on an assignment from heaven. This is our temporary dwelling. We're not always going to be doing what we're doing here this morning. There's coming a great change in the twinkling of an eye. In a moment, we're all going to be changed. But as men and women of life, we are ambassadors, which simply means this. An ambassador is one who represents their home country to a foreign country. We're living in this world, but thank God we're not of it. And as ambassadors, we have a high order. I looked up the word ambassadors one time, and I discovered that the word ambassador means that we are diplomatic ministers of the highest order. The highest order. You cannot get any higher order from the captain of our salvation than Mark 16. Where he tells us to go ye into all the world. Wherever your world is and wherever you go, don't forget that you're on assignment. Somebody says, yeah, I'm working a nine to five. You're on an assignment. I said, you're on an assignment. You're going to meet people. You're going to be able to minister to people. Just the way that you work is a witness to those around you. Hallelujah. So the other day we're flying from uh, San Francisco to Dallas. And we had to, you know, stop in Dallas and catch a flight to Tulsa. So we drive down to Pawnee. So I'm just sitting there. I'm not not thinking about the people next to me and just kind of, you know, looking in the Word and 
sort of praying in the Holy Ghost. And then all of a sudden, I start up a conversation with this gentleman next to me. You know, first time you traveled? Yeah, first time we traveled, a couple years. And, and uh, he told me what he did. He was a security guard. And he and his wife had a company up in Sonoma. And uh, somehow, the conversation went over to his daughter. I asked him, I think, if he had children. He said, yeah. He says, I have one that's in prison. And I said, oh, really? He said, yes. Uh, She's 25 years old. Her name is Samantha. And he said, she's in prison. And, you know, she did a lot of meth and just got in with the wrong people. And the conversation just went on and on. And uh, so I said, well, I said, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. They said, we've done everything we know to do. How many of you know that when we've done all we know, need, know to do, there's got to be some more? Okay? There's got to be something else we can do. I said, don't lose hope. And then I was able to give them my testimony on what God had done for me and what God had done in my life. And now it's 44, 45 years have come and gone, and I've been free. And their eyes, their eyes lit up. Their eyes lit up. And I could see hope get into them. I could see this river flowing from seat C to seat B. And then flowing over to seat A in the window where his wife was. And so I just encouraged them in the Lord. I said, there's always hope. There's always hope. And I said, what's your daughter's name? They told me the name. And I said, I'm going to pray for her. And I believe right now, if not already, laborers are right there in that prison ministering to her. Now, I didn't give a huge altar call for the whole jet. You got to be led in those things. I mean, you stand up these days... Especially without a mask on. (laughs) And you give an altar call, they may land that jet and put you somewhere where you don't want to go. On the other hand, if that jet starts swerving and an engine goes south, you better stand up. You better stand up. I got something to say up in here. I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador of heaven. My time has not come yet and neither has yours. But just remember, you're an ambassador. Carry yourself with confidence. Don't be arrogant. Don't be demeaning. Don't be condescending to people that are going through a difficult time. Just be there for them and love them and lift them. And God will be very well pleased with you and in your life. Amen. Thank God. Say it with me. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. I've got a river. Of life flowing out of me. Ha ha. 
And so as you go from one place to another, be conscious of the life of God that's on the inside of you. Cultivate it, pay attention to it, for there is a God who lives in you. So become God inside minded, communicate with me, fellowship with me, yea, pray much in the Holy Spirit, and you'll be ready to speak a word in season. You'll be ready to be that ambassador. Rivers of life will flow through you, and people will be lifted and blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't want to then disconnect from Him. Right? Anybody ever disconnected from the Lord? I'm not talking about, you know, losing your salvation. I'm just talking about losing that sense of communication. Losing that sweet communion with Him. Oh, my friends, there's a sweet communion. There's a sweet communion with the life giver. Hallelujah. And so be ready. There's not much time left. Jesus is coming soon. Don't miss your day of divine appointments. There are appointments everywhere. The harvest is great. The harvest is big. So get ready, be prepared, and stay ready. For I am looking for vessels of honor that are separated for my use. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen? Glory to God. What else will this life do? It will set you free from depression. It will drive out sickness from your body. It will satisfy the longing and the wandering soul. Look at Psalms 107 and verse 9. We're going to receive communion in a few moments. But how many of you want to get the full measure today? And the full measure is more dependent on you than it is me. Because what happens right now in the rest of the service has to do with your willingness to hear and to heed what the Spirit of God is saying. Now notice this. Read this with me, verse 9. For he satisfieth the longing soul and fills the hungry. He satisfies. I looked up the word longing the other day. It is a soul that is running. It is a soul that is rushing to and fro as if he or she was looking for something. Many of us can relate to that before we were born again. We were looking for life. We were looking for answers. But we were looking for those things in the wrong places. But when the life of God was presented to you and to me, When the life of God took us out of death country into life country, the searching, the running, the going back and forth, to and fro, it ceased because He satisfies. He satisfies the longing soul. We can no longer sing the song that Mick Jagger wrote, I can't get no satisfaction. I got satisfaction in Him. Drugs didn't do it. Sex didn't do it. This didn't do it. That didn't do it. 
only Jesus can satisfy the longing soul. And you'll see people that are longing. They're everywhere. They're in the grocery store. They're on the job. They're longing. They're looking. They can't get enough entertainment to satisfy it. They can't smoke enough weed to satisfy it. Even though they've legalized it in your neighborhood. They just can't get it. But you and I, we're carriers of the life of God. The life of God will break Satan's dominion over you. It puts you in union with Christ. In 1 Corinthians 6.17 it says this, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You're one with Him. You're in union with Him. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And lastly, I've discovered this, and I'm sure many of you also have. This life on the inside of you will enlighten your intellect. It'll enlighten your intellect. Get hold of this. Some of you need to. Come on. It'll increase your intellect. This happens as you renew your mind. Say with me, I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm very sharp. I have the mind of Christ. And He is making me of a quick understanding. The life of God will make your mind sharp. It'll make your mind sharp. And you know what? It'll be noticeable. It'll be noticeable. People will see this person's bright. I mean, we've had this problem on the job for years, and in two sentences, they solved it. Who is that person? Well, they're over there working in the warehouse. Well, bring them up to my office. How would you like to manage the whole company? The life of God will bump you up. People see it. People will know it. And they'll say, well, why? Why are you so sharp? Because I hang out with God. Did you know that any nation that has embraced the life of God has outproduced by far the nations that have not embraced the life of God. Hallelujah. There's more. There's more for you. There's more for us as a church. He's quickening us. He's showing us what we need to see. He's giving us the ability to know what we need to know. He'll do that in your life. How many of you right now are going through the process of making a major decision? Let me ask you this. How many of you have been in this process for more than a year? Raise your hand. Several of you. Well, the mind of Christ 
and the wisdom of God is ours for the asking. The Bible says, as many as are led by the, what? By the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. So sons of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. And so as we cultivate this fellowship with the Spirit of God, the Bible says He will lead you and guide you into what? All the truth. Amen. It doesn't happen by ignoring Him. It happens by fellowshipping with Him. So I want to encourage you. This goes beyond saying a quick prayer. This has to do with your life and how you go about your life and how you live your life for Him. We are not men and women who are to be taking shots in the dark. Well, I'll just put out a fleece and we'll see if that works. That's Old Testament. We're in the New Covenant. We have better promises established upon a better covenant. A better covenant established upon better promises. Amen? So in this better covenant with better promises, we do not have to walk through life in the dark. We don't have to be taking shots in the dark. We can walk in the light of life. And when we walk in the light of life, the light of life will enlighten your paths. It'll put you on the right path for your life. Come on, somebody. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man. In you is life. And the life of God is the light, or literally the development of man. How many of you are interested and become more developed in the life of God? Well, I trust that this two-part series has been a blessing to you. I speak blessing over your life. Say it with me, I'm going to walk in the light of God's life. On the inside of me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.